Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing of gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Platform Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Darren Cody, who is co-founder of Marketplace Studio and is talking to me from Canada. Hello, Darren. Hey, Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Um, Whereabouts in Canada, actually, are you? We're in uh, Ottawa, Ontario. Brilliant. Well, it's thanks to technology that we can connect up across the ocean and... I am really excited to hear today about your new project, which is Marketplace Studio. But first of all, I really want to talk to you about your journey into this marketplace world, because quite often when I speak to people on the platform podcast, they've they've had an interesting path to to get to work with peer-to-peer marketplaces. And quite often we've all come at it from, <laughs> from a completely different route. So tell me, how do you come to be telling me about this today and um, where did you start and 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 how have you ended up here uh yeah so it all kind of started back in 2017 um when a group of us sat down at our uh founders table of Ruckify. uh we had two engineers a sales guy and a designer um and then the ceo and then he kind of pointed at me and said uh darren there's nobody to do product or lead development um you'll take that on. And coming from a non-technical background, that was pretty uh, scary at the time. Um, (laughs) But, uh, well, I initially said no because I had no clue what to do, Uh, but he uh, kind of forced it upon me. So that's how I got into it. Recify was, uh, the initial concept was to be a rent-anything marketplace and to turn from just being Canadian to a global uh, sharing economy platform. So I worked there for the past four years, held roles from being a a product manager to a development manager, insurance and policy manager, uh, and then just kind of building the platform from from scratch. Mm -hmm. And what had you been doing before that? You say you weren't, you know, that that technical in that sense. What had you you done before that? And had you ever come across a a, a peer-to-peer stuff sharing marketplace like that before or used one? Uh, so before that, I was at another tech company called the Better Software Company, which is uh, now a franchise management software. It's like a light ERP. I was um, leading the customer success platform there. Um, that was for two years. I had actually dropped out of college to go work there. Um, and I had some idea of what product did, knew some of development, just because we had so many bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the extent of my technical, uh, exposure. And then our act, well, the VCs actually took over the company and sadly laid everybody off. And then that's what prompted the, uh, 
conception of Rockefeller. It's interesting when you talk about product and, and before we get on to Marketplace Studio, I wanted to ask you about this because this is your background. I'm quite fascinated by the the peer-to-peer stuff sharing marketplace concept and I've seen and worked with several who have popped up um, all over the world and it's obviously a kind of it's a tough nut to crack I think in a, in a lot of ways um to, it's a tricky one to get right isn't it I don't and I I see some people doing very specialist ones um and I see some people doing a kind of much more of a kind of rent anything here in the UK the, probably the most well known at the moment is Fat Llama and they have partnered actually with um, uh, our big department store chain to help them to to rent out their furniture. So quite often I see it's partnerships that help these marketplaces to actually get going. There's also Peerby in um, the Netherlands, which has really lasted the course as well. So I watch with interest, but I also see some pop up and disappear just as quickly. Do you think that product itself, the actual physical marketplace product, is um, one of the reasons that one of the factors in play when they don't make it and do just pop up and disappear just as quickly. How important do you think the product is in getting that formula right? I think it's uh, crucial to uh, kind of cracking the nut to getting product market fit and uh, definitely then dealing with that chicken and egg problem with mm-hmm. supply and demand. There's so many uh, platforms out there in the peer-to-peer space that don't focus enough on trust and safety. Uh, So it really deters uh, any new users from joining after reading all the bad reviews um, about anybody getting uh, their items stolen or damaged or anything like that. So from day one at Ruckify, we really wanted to put a big focus on making sure everybody was safe and that they could trust well, one, our platform, Ruckify, and then the uh, members that they'll be interacting with. So we, uh, even though we were bootstrapped in the first year, we added in uh, tools like Trulio for ID verification. That would do an address verification, ID verification, uh, background check, and a fraud check. And then we would add in uh, Twilio for phone verification. Uh, that was our initial safety tech stack. Mm -hmm. The whole idea was to be preventative. Um, So it would cause about 6% of people from sign up not being able to create an account, which we accepted. And then in the later years, we added in ACADA, which was fantastic. Um, They provided us with the network score. So we could know if um, they've used the combination of their full name, email, phone number on different platforms. And um, that was a big... uh, a big help mm-hmm. in taking out a lot of the bad actors before they could actually uh, take anything that wasn't theirs. It's interesting. And what about sort of the the vertical versus horizontal side of it as well? Just sorry, before we get onto Marketplace Studio, just because I find this really interesting, um, the kind of rent anything type of marketplace um, or the very sort of start very specialist marketplace for stuff sharing and then and then build uh, which which have you seen to be more successful aside from Rockify? Because I know you've probably studied the the global space when it comes to to peer to peer marketplaces. And what do you think about the difference between those two? Yeah, um, so I would say definitely the vertical players, the specialized marketplaces, do a lot better. 
because they could dedicate 100% of their time to that single category and all of their resources. Whereas with Ruckify, we had 25 different categories, over 300 subcategories, and we'd have to build supply in each of those before we could actually operate in a city. Um, so we spent, I think, up until my departure, uh, 13 million on development and building supply. So we had about half a million items between Canada and the US covering those 25 different categories. But it was extremely difficult. Um, the big thing for us was that we didn't want to be just a general rent anything marketplace. So we still wanted to personalize that experience. Mm -hmm. So we uh, came up with features like category questions, which were specific questions related to the subcategory that the asset was posted in, um, just to give some relevant information to that space. Um, but if you look at companies like Outdoorsy that just focus on RVs, they're, they have brilliant platforms because their product teams are really just focused on solving those problems related to RVs. Whereas with us, we had to focus on everything from renting out an umbrella to be nice and quick to renting out a skidoo um, up in the Yukon. So it was, yeah. it was much difficult. Um, yeah. And but... yeah, with marketing as well, I pre presume, you know, it's for you, you know, to target those two different people and, and what their needs are and what problem you're solving for them. You know, it's it's much more complex when you're, when you're renting anything, isn't it? Because the the needs and the audiences are, are very different. Yeah, exactly. So we had a, like, most companies you're dealing with four personas max on both supply and uh, demand. We had upwards of 15. Um, just because we had three tiers for building supply. Uh, we'd partner with existing rental companies um, and then secondhand goods stores and then just peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, so one persona for each. And then we'd have to cover the categories as well, as specialized as we could. So creating specific content and relevant content for each persona and then building the tools so that they could really experience it to their category as best they could. Mm -hmm. It was a... It was hard to do, but mm -hmm. I think we did a great job at it near the end. Yeah. And in terms of that, that and challenges that you had during that part of your career, mistakes and um, things that you learned, would you say that now in the creation of Marketplace Studio, this is a chance to, you know, apply those learnings and help other people to um, avoid making the same mistakes? Is, the, is this the opportunity now for you? And, and you know, as part of that, do, do tell me a bit about what Marketplace Studio is. Yeah, so that's kind of the idea behind it. Um, my goal in any of the work that I do is always to help people in, in the end. Um, and I truly believe that we can do that with Marketplace Studio because of the amount of conversations I've had since starting it um, a few months back. It's just all of these founders experiencing the same problems or not knowing um, kind of where to start, uh, whether it's building out technology or how to crack the chicken and egg problem with supply and demand. So it's my belief that with Marketplace Studio, we can really help uh, usually non-technical founders um, build out their platforms, whether it's uh, building a custom platform or using ShareTribe. Um, their out-of-the-box solution or flex um, to really get them going ASAP. Um, 
Marketplace Studio in itself. It's a freelancer marketplace for design, IT, and development professionals to collaborate and specialize in building marketplace platforms with a big focus on everything you need to do pre-development, so pre-writing any code. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot of work up front. So you've really created, I mean, this is quite sort of meta, isn't it? A marketplace for marketplace creators. So you, you've you actually created that. So that's quite that, that's quite amazing, isn't it? But I mean, it's all because of the experiences that, that you've had. And, and this focus on pre-development, tell me a bit about that, because, you know, quite often that has all happened before uh, I'm involved maybe with marketplace clients of mine and I'm not clear on, on what steps that have to be yeah. taken during that phase. So with Rockify, what ended up happening is that we'd get an idea, we'd uh, do the design, a one-dimensional design, write a spec doc, and then the user stories, and then we'd start building the feature. And then we'd actually validate and basically test it in production, and then we'd, that would force us to iterate on the code level which can cause a ton of technical debt. Um, so actually at the start of 2020, we spent, it was about nine months just dealing with technical debt and all the bugs that were caused from iterating on the code level um, and didn't release a single feature in nine months. So we spent about upwards of a million dollars just dealing with all those mistakes that we had made. Wow. So my idea is to really focus using design thinking on doing your user research, competitor research, building out prototypes using design thinking and actually validating it first with users on the design level. One, a designer salary is usually cheaper than a front end developers or back end. So that uh, saves money right there. And the speed at which you could iterate is much better as well. So that's, those are just a few of the benefits of starting on design first and then uh, building after. Mm-hmm. And do, do you think that people are keen to almost skip that stage because they're excited to, you know, get going or they have pressure from maybe uh, inv- early stage investors or what, you know, why do you think people shy away from that pre-development, you know, spending enough time on that? Yeah, I think it's mostly out of excitement. Um, I've got one client right now that's working on a, uh, it's like a peer-to-peer matchmaking marketplace. Um, and he's really not a fan of the design thinking process, but he's beyond happy about the results of it. He's just excited to get going ASAP. But once he understood that doing all of these steps before the code gets written, is going to save him a tremendous amount of time, money, and headaches down the road. Um, then he's he's in, he's all in. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's worked out really well for that client. <laughs> and you talked before about uh, Rockify and some of the preventative trust and safety measures that you had had built in. Are you able to apply these learnings to? at Marketplace Studio and encourage your clients to do the same? Yeah, so the great thing about um, from kind of focusing on trust and safety at Rockify is that I've built some great, great relationships with all the suppliers in this space. So we have Akata, Trulio, Sift, uh, Twilio, 
um, and many others that I can just uh, message or email to make introductions with these new founders to get them in the uh, in their tech stack from the beginning instead of waiting and then being reactive when there's a problem to deal with. Um, so I, I'm trying to pass that super important lesson over to these new founders of their new marketplaces so that they're dealing with it in a preventative measure instead of being reactive like most other companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there was an amazing TED talk I'd listened to by one of the co-founders of Airbnb. Uh, and he said how you design for trust is important. And then he mentioned an experiment of if you'd hand your phone over to a complete stranger and let them browse through it for five minutes, obviously most people wouldn't. <laughs> and then he asked, well, if you knew that they had a background check for criminal, if you knew their first name, a little blurb about them, are you more likely to? And then people started raising their hands saying, yes, I, I think I would. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of making strangers a bit less of a stranger in a yeah. personal way. Yeah, totally. Um, they wouldn't find anything exciting on my phone apart from my kids' games, I think. But um, yeah. Um, now tell me about how it's going with Marketplace Studio. So you, when when did you launch? How many clients have you got? What? How have you found them? And and what are your aspirations? Yeah. So uh, right now we launched in uh, two months ago. So we just launched our website and we're just uh, doing it up. Um, right now actually so the plan is to get a few clients um so we've got three right now um one in, is that matchmaking marketplace the other is a services marketplace and then the third is an accommodations marketplace so we have room to get about two to three more clients um and we're really the what we're really trying to find are founders that are in that idea stage that need to validate it before um, and ideally have some funding behind them. Um, it's it's really exciting because of all of the aha moments that you could see on the founders' faces as we go through the different steps through design thinking because we let them participate if they want so that they could learn as well. Um, where we plan on going is uh, pretty small ambitions for this year. What I'd like to get is 35 freelance partners, ranging from design to DevOps, mm -hmm. and then we'll get um, about 10 marketplaces built. But I could easily see this becoming the next uh, WeWork, um, or sorry, Upwork, um, because it's kind of the gold rush right now of the marketplace space. Um, yeah. When we started Ruckify back in 2017, there was nobody really that had adopted the sharing economy or the marketplace platforms, but now it's so widespread. Um, the social acceptance of it is, uh, has grown quite a lot. So how does the process actually work? Is it similar to, you know, is it demand led in the sense that you have these specialists, um, you know, designers and all, all the marketplace creators on the site and, does the client come to them, come to the marketplace and lead that? Or which way round is it, is what I'm trying to ask. Uh, yeah, so they actually just fill in a contact form. Uh, we'll schedule a meeting with them, a little discovery call. 
And then the idea is that once we discover what needs they're looking for, um, we assign them a project manager and they facilitate the communication with all of the freelancers on the team. And then the client only has to deal with that project manager. Um, so it's a bit of a white glove experience, which is a bit different from other development shops. Um, and then we kind of just go from discovery to doing a lot of research, building out the personas, looking at the branding psychology, building out a design system, which is key. We're building that first impression of trust. And then uh, we start building out the prototypes um, and testing with potential users. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we can build out the design specification docs, which is a bit of the uh, kind of recipe for the front end developer. And then we could build out the technical user stories as well. So really at the end of this um, contract, you have everything you need to give a developer or a team of developers to start building, which we could do for them, or they could hire their own devs um, once they've kind of been through our uh, process. And who do you think you will be attracting as, you know, as you go forward? I mean, obviously you've got these first few clients coming in but do you have a um an idea of what other clients you'd like to attract what sort of space because obviously you know the marketplace model is you know applied to so many different kind of industries and in so many different places in the world you know do you have a a sort of a a dream client or you just excited to see what comes your 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 way I love the peer-to-peer space Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating because The amount of trust and uh, and safety behind it is super key, which a lot of startups miss, um, and all of the problems related to that. But we had uh, one prospect that we we're talking to that's about uh, a managed marketplace for manufacturers, um, so which is again super interesting. But I find it the managed versus an open marketplaces are kind of two different animals in its own because with an open marketplace, you're dealing with SEO and a managed marketplace, you're dealing with more behind the scenes UX. So it's a bit of a different, uh, different problems to crack, but mm-hmm. we're open to any type of marketplace. <laughs> um, and ideally it's either a founder that's just getting going or somebody that's built an MVP and wants to redo it to create kind of version 2.0. Mm-hmm. Now, it wouldn't be a platform podcast episode if I didn't ask about the crazy 18 months that the world has had and how you feel that the timing has affected what's happened with you and Marketplace Studio and how you feel the, you know, the pandemic has, you know, affected marketplaces in general and the sharing and peer-to-peer space. What trends have you seen and around the work that you've been doing and, and how do you see the um, the period that's ahead of us as we come into this kind of post-pandemic phase, hopefully? Um, great question. So I think at first, uh, everybody, like everybody, were quite scared, not knowing what was going to happen. But we didn't have a better year um, at Ruckify then everything with COVID, uh, our rentals went through the roof, our supply was building, people needed to supplement their income because they lost their job or they wanted to save more. So they were renting more. Um, it was fantastic to see. And what we added was a, um, our own delivery service, Ruckify Express. So it could be a 
touchless experience. We clean it, make sure it was COVID friendly and um, really just facilitate all of the kind of handoffs to mm. make it that touchless experience and safe for everybody. But what I've been seeing, um, especially on the fundraising side or a lot of marketplaces raising a ton of money, um, like Swimply, they just raised, uh, I think, tens of millions yeah. um, for a swimming pool marketplace, which is wonderful for them. And a few others are raising quite a bit. I saw the shed just got a, uh, yep. a good investor. So it's yeah. it's an, an, an exciting time, I think, for everybody. It's it just is. a matter of how you deal with the safety side. It is. I've seen. Um, I mean, I know the. I know Karen at the shed, and I think they've done fantastically. And this delivery idea, um, and the consignment model that she's built is, you know, is is brilliant. And an investor has really seen the potential in that. And and likewise, Swimply, I'd be great to get those guys uh, on the podcast because I'm fascinated <laughs> by what they've done and how they've made that work in the pandemic. It's like who knew that things like that would, um, you know, would not only survive the. Um, the, the COVID crisis, but also actually, you know, really kind of come into their own as people were maybe looking for that more individual experience, maybe not going to a public place, accessing things. And and what you've said about Rockify as well, and the idea that people are, are looking for extra income streams and, um, you know, looking to monetize what they've got, it really does, you know, play into all the things that we would kind of hoped for the sharing economy in a lot of ways. Um, so it's it's good to see. And I think that people aren't going to unlearn any of this, are they? They are going to continue to do these things that, that they have started to do in a time of crisis and hopefully, you know, get the same and more benefits out of out of them as, as time goes on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've got a lot of contacts in the marketplace space on the product side and even uh, local companies in Ottawa, like RV Easy, um, are doing amazingly well in the RV rental space. Um, so I, I think it's a there's no better time for marketplaces to really start gearing up and getting some high level adoption. That's brilliant, and what a great way to what a positive note to end our podcast on. And thank you so much for um, for being on the show. And I really look forward to seeing how Marketplace Studio. Uh, develops and becomes a huge success so so do stay in touch we hope to see you at some of our live events later in the year and um, do come back on the podcast sometime and and let us know how you've been getting on definitely thank you for having me i appreciate it thank you for tuning into the platform podcast be sure to follow us on social media at marketplace risk tune in next week for another podcast